0: Welcome to the Better Me Project podcast. Today I have a lady who is the who is Australia's foremost expert in cyber safety. She's an author of the book, Sexts, Texts and Selfies. I've practiced that about eight times. She's an author. Uh, she's a world-class speaker at schools, businesses and sporting clubs. She's a trusted e-safety provider with the Australian government. She regularly appears on TV and radio. As well as that, she's a wife, a mother and now a very young grandmother. Welcome, Susan McLean.
1: Thanks very much for that intro, Brett, and it's lovely to be here chatting with you today.
0: It's fantastic, and uh, yeah, look, thanks for sparing us a bit of your a uh, bit of your time.
1: No, it's all good. The other day, I did uh, an interview, and I was introduced as an international influencer.
0: So wow! I just
1: had to laugh at that one.
0: International uh, influencer? You know, Do they send you products yeah. like? You know, with, no, to use. No,
1: I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for those to come. As long as they're French with bubbles and have the word champagne somewhere in them, I'll be open to uh, an endorsement.
0: Or, uh, you know, first class seats to uh, overseas or something when we can fly. Yep.
1: Yeah, a first-class ticket in an aeroplane, take that one
0: too. Absolutely. Well, you better get one for your uh, wonderful husband as well, so make sure he goes to you. Yeah, he can sit down the back, obviously. You would too. No, you wouldn't. Now, today we're going to talk about um, a bit about you. Um, We're going to do a series of these podcasts, so today is just a bit about you, and then we're going to talk about risk and reality. So, 27 years at uh, Victoria Police. Correct. Excellent. Got that bit right. And so that your last sort of job I suppose was it the was it the police schools involvement program and doing cyber you started cyber safety.
2: Yeah, so
1: my final technical position was as a youth resource officer, which is the new version of the uh, police and schools program. Um, it had a name change I don't know quite a few years ago before I left. And So my main job was working with young people across the board. So drug and alcohol issues, partying, uh, theft, assault, so general youth-driven issues. But it it had become very clear to me um, probably 15 years prior that the internet was going to start to become a problem because I took my first report of cyberbullying in February 1994. Wow. So it had been bubbling along you know, in the background for quite a while and then it was starting to, to build memento and I was getting more reports of online issues and I really had no skill or knowledge whatsoever, which was like anyone of my vintage who didn't grow up with technology. Uh, Victoria Police was still using electric typewriters and thinking they were advanced. So... I st- started to educate myself and, and look to what I could learn, and, and that really set the ball rolling because I got invited to America to uh, undergo some training that was being offered to the FBI, and it went from there.
0: Wow. So what was the, uh, what was the course you did uh, over there?
1: So initially, I connected with um, a guy from the University of New Hampshire. He was a former FBI agent working in child exploitation that was running the training programs out of Fox Valley Technical College. So he was. His name was Brad Russ. Uh, he was awesome. Um, he also provided a really good opportunity. In that he said, if I could get myself to America, they would train me for free. Uh, trying to convince Dick Cole to pay uh, that, <laughs> that, that went nowhere. Um, and luckily, my my local Rotary Club stepped in and funded my trip to America. Uh, the American government funded my training, um, and it was the Protecting Children Online Training Program. Um, from Fox Valley Technical College, uh, then uh, I was funded to go down to Dallas. Uh, Dallas, Texas has the biggest and the best Internet Crimes Against Children conference um, anywhere in the world. Um, I've never seen a think- anything like it. There was you know, over a thousand delegates um, at this conference, uh, but it's a—it's tra- not a conference; it's a hands-on training yep. um, week. Um, so did that, um, and then came back, uh, badgered and harassed uh, my AC. Uh, for a period of time, and I think he was absolutely sick and tired of me, and he said, "Fine, go and do it." Um, and I got to establish the Victoria Police Cyber Safety Project.
0: Wow, that's fantastic! So the AC for those people don't, is Assistant Commissioner. So uh, you went sort of almost to the top of the tree.
1: Yep, I um, my local AC was um, Bob Hastings, and I sort of had to put a you know a, a show cause thing to him mm-hmm. and. Um, explain why I thought it was important and the benefit to Big pole. Um So I was allowed to do that. So I went into the uh, – I, I got an office in uh, police headquarters down um, near the casino building then, and uh, I was given a criminologist as well to work with. And we, were, we, we basically researched the whole digital world and the platforms and the issues – um, in a way that hadn't been done before. So we had computer crimes and they dealt with, you know, I suppose, you know, money fraud and embezzlement and that sort of stuff. Yeah. We had sex crimes that were doing a little bit of online stuff, but it was interesting if, if a, a sexual assault happened in real life, the investigating member that was dealing with the online issue had to leave that and go and deal with the real life issue because it was perceived to be more important. So they still hadn't developed um, a good good system there. And what I was trying to get Big Paul to look at was when I was over in the States the first time, they were trialing a system, what was called ICAC, so Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force Teams. And they picked a few states to trial these in. So they were multidisciplinary um, teams, which I, I thought was really sensible. So you had The forensic people in the same team as the investigators in the same team as the educators and the prevention in the same team as the doctors and the clinicians and the psychologists and everything worked together. It was like a one-stop shop, and they they became so successful that then they rolled out right across America. But um, that's what my ideal in my ideal world that's what I wanted Victoria Police to have is sort of some you know coordinated uh, approach to this because I could see very clearly that it was going to be a huge issue and not that we lagged behind but we are a smaller population so problems don't manifest themselves as quickly as they do when you've got a larger population.
0: Wow okay and how did uh, Vic Pol take that at the time?
1: So at the time it was really good. Um, And, you know, like any hierarchical organization, you have to have people like sponsor your idea if you like. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, and I can't think of the AC, the assistant. um, No, I had a, so he was the AC at the region. So I had a deputy commissioner that supported me, um, which was really good. And I had to keep, you know, showing him what I was doing and he had to keep signing off on different things. And then at the end, we had this um, we had this massive research document, um, concluding with I think ten recommendations for Victoria Police. And the idea is that is presented to Police Command um, for them to you know deal with it. Yep. But what happened in the interim was a couple of months before the end of the project, that is, the Deputy Commissioner retired.
2: Uh-huh. So
1: I had no one pushing. Yeah. Uh, for what I, what I wanted or supporting me. And then it sort of fell in a bit of a screaming heat because th- my time on comments finished. I went back uh, to my police station to a very unsupportive um, inspector um, and it wasn't long after that that I decided to uh, to leave and um, establish my own consultancy because I knew there was a need, I knew I had the knowledge and I knew that I could do more outside the organisation than within it.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. and And you've proved that over and over again in the last how many years it's been so
1: 11 11, 11 years, years well wow. year, 11 years this year wow it only seems like yesterday
0: but yeah <laughs> I've been out 11 years yeah so you started business and so you, did you start ringing schools or how did it how did you sort of get into it? You, you would well, have had a few contacts you
1: know I, I I'm not um as I said to this other chap that interviewed me on the weekend, I am not opposed to show the hardest how to start a business because um, you know, business, you know, consultants and mentors would tear their hair out dealing with me because I had no intention of leaving Big Pole because my aim was to make Big Pole a better place. And it, it became to the point that um I could just see it wasn't gonna happen and it was mentally draining yep. on me. Um, I was continually being put down. Um, I was, in fact, told that I couldn't ever mention the term cyberbullying at all because it wasn't a police problem. Um, So I went to work one day on a Tuesday and I never went back. I walked out. Um, I went to my doctor. I got a medical certificate and that was it. I went back in really late one night, typed up my letter of resignation and put it under the inspector's door. So no, I didn't have a plan and I didn't have anything. Um, I had contacts, of course, because I've been working in schools for, dear me, probably eight, eight years. Yeah. And I had built up um, a, a slight media presence, so I was the go-to person for 3AW. Neil Mitchell took a liking to me, which I'm forever grateful of. Um, so I, I had a little bit happening. I also um, got a mentor, and it wasn't, "Hey, I need a mentor," but I had someone that believed in me. I, I was my family, of course, that yes. believed in me. But um, I remember going to a meeting with Dr. Michael Cargreg. Um, the listeners would know him as Australia's leading adolescent psychologist.
0: Absolutely. And
1: he was fascinated with what I had to say. And to me at that time, I was me. I, I just did my stuff. I was me. I was nothing special or anything like that. And he asked if he could come and hear me speak, which absolutely freaked me out and <laughs> made me panic no end. Um, I can still tell you what I wore at this presentation. Like, these etched in my mind and he came in and he listened because um, I'd just come back from America at that point. And he just said, you know, you are wasted in the police force. Um, you need to get out. You need to share this message. So I had him behind me sort of pushing me. Not that that was going to put money in the bank account or anything no. like that. Um, but it gave me the confidence to do it. And, you know, one – Speaking engagement turned into two, turned into three, turned into four. Um, I established a media profile, so it 3 um, National News, um, Sunrise. I still remember my very first cross on Sunrise, um, and, and it went from there. Um, my first sort of big conference presentation was to the Australian Sports Commission, um, and that was one of their well-being conferences in Adelaide. It was in, in Glenelg. I have to remember that. Yes. Um, and, you know, that's, I think – you know, people, you know, allocate, you know, lots and lots of money for publicity and advertising that. But, you know, you, you've got to know your audience. And with education, you know, there's no point in sending a glossy flyer to someone in a school. It ends up in the bin. I, yes. I know that from the work I've done. So word of mouth was, was you know, my, my thing. Um, and then, you know, a presence online. I got a website to start with. I didn't get a Facebook page. Uh, professionally for pro- almost 12 months after I'd been out and I wasn't even fussed about it until a friend who was a marketing person said, oh, you know, you really should have a Facebook page. Yes. Um, I, I had my own one, but not one for the business. Not a
0: business one, yeah. Um,
1: but, you know, my, my business Facebook page has close to 14,000 uh, followers wow. now and all, all the reach is organic. Like I don't pay for stuff on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's, it's all, you know, it, it generates its own stuff. So, you know, that, that, it, it worked well, I and mean, then I worked damn hard to get where I am today, um, but it, it wasn't part of my plan at that stage. And, you know, today, other than the year of COVID, I would speak in person to over 250,000 children right around the world. And, you know, I do speak internationally. Uh, the BBC flew me to Manchester to speak. I've spoken in Singapore and in Hong Kong and New Zealand and in several states of America. Um, so, you know, when, when this guy called me an international influencer, you know, yeah. it, it felt good. But it it's felt not, good. You know, I'm still me. Like, it's just me. It's what I do. And, you know, I try to make a difference in the lives of parents and young people.
0: And um, uh, look, I know you have, um, just listening and, and watching what people write uh, about your presentations. And I had a look at your website just before we spoke and um, glowing recommendations there from people of all businesses, schools, parents, uh, children. So... It is, it is, you, you've is. You've changed the way I think a lot of people think about online safety, so, you know, that's a, a huge congratulations to you, and it's VicPol's Thank loss, you. it's Victoria's police loss, because they could have had a wonderful asset there, but um, politics, uh, they lost out, but good for yeah. you, you can now yep. zip around the world and... <laughs> and uh, and do all that Well, not at the moment how, but,
1: uh, how I wish I could dip around the world at
0: the moment <laughs> Yeah, I know, don't we all Don't we all So the uh, you you wrote your book And it's Sexts, Texts and Selfies You know that's really hard to say uh, It is hard to say You try to say it
1: five oh. times over and over again Especially after you've had a glass of champagne Yes It will come out
0: wrong Oh, okay So
1: Sex, text Texts and Selfies Really easy
0: Yeah, so you you wrote the book um, What was your, What was your aim with the book?
1: Well, it was interesting. Um, Again, didn't really think I was going to write a book. And it started because people would say, do you have a book to buy? No, I don't. And I'd have fact sheets. Like I'd have a fact sheet on different topics
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, that I could provide them. with, And I still provide those free of charge on my my website. But Penguin approached me um, and asked me, would I write a book? So I didn't even have to write, you know, prepare a manuscript and send it off and have someone approve it. Uh, they approached me. I they said, "Could you write a chapter so that we can sort of get a
2: an idea?" idea. Yep.
1: Um, so I wrote a chapter. Um, it came back with, "You have the most lovely, flowing, conversational writing style." Basically, signed here. Wow. So that was very exciting. And um, the first edition of the book must have been five, five or six years ago. Five years ago, perhaps. i would have to go back to my yeah. dates. And, and that first edition uh, sold I think close to fifteen thousand copies. and then we updated it about eighteen months ago. So you know two thirds redid it. I like the title. I didn't want to change the title mm-hmm. because it was so well known. Yes um, so we, we changed the, we changed the front cover um, but the book essentially is a conversational piece. It's not a textbook, it's not um, a you know, academic publication. It's written in a conversational style, and it goes through all the issues to do with the online world, what they look like, how you can avoid them, how do you manage them, what do you do if they happen. Um, and, yeah, it's been, it's been great, and it's well-received throughout um, wherever I speak. It's a resource that schools have. It's in municipal libraries. I get my little royalties from uh, library borrowing Fantastic. Um, e- every year um i most school well-being coordinators have it in their office and um parents love it and you know it was that that's how that came about you know i was i was asked to do it it, it was um difficult um to find the time um, mm. because i was so busy the um interesting thing one when my first the first edition came out i tracked down my year12 english teacher and i sent him a copy um just to say thank you because yeah. it was interesting like i mean I am an author. Okay, I can call myself an author, but I'm not J.K. Rowling. I'm not an author. Author. So, what surprised me is I don't submit anything that is grammatically incorrect or with spelling mistakes. Like mm. that's just how I am. And when I wrote, you know, the, the manuscript and all the chapters, you know, I, I would write it and then I'd get uh, my husband or my son um, to proof it. Just you know, because if you're proofing your own work, you sometimes miss something Yeah. Some you stuff. Yep. Yeah. So. And then I'd submit it, and then they'd come back with, but this is perfect. I go, but, but why? What, why what does that it surprise
0: be? you? Yes.
1: Yeah. But no, what, what I've worked out is a lot of authors just write, like verbal diarrhea, if you like. They write, mm. and then they leave it to, you know, an editorial assistant to sort of formulate the sentences and the grammar and the punctuation, oh. uh, which I found quite bizarre because. I would have thought that was my job to yeah. to put it in the way I wanted. Um, it's also been um, translated into Taiwanese, so if you can purchase it um, if you're a native uh, Taiwanese speaker yes. in your own language. And that that was quite fascinating to uh, to see it in uh, Chinese characters.
0: Yeah, it, it would be. I'd I'd like to see the heading in Chinese characters. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, they changed the oh they they changed the name to the the dangers of the dark dangers of the internet. I think is how it's changed too. but uh, it was it was interesting. It was like oh wow, that's really exciting.
0: Yeah, so the book's out and that's available at all when you do speaking engagements. So um, you uh...
1: yeah, I bring copies with me. Um, It is available in all good bookstores. Not that you can go into good bookstores at the moment, Um, or you can order it on my website. Um, There's a a purchase button and. uh, I put it in the mail.
0: So it's, uh, that's solutions.com.au.
1: Yep. That's the one? solutions.com.au. There's two books there just so I'll explain. Uh, Sex Text and Selfies is, is um, 60,000 words, all on online safety. There's another book there that I've written a chapter in. So that one's called Raising Resilient Kids. Um, Dr. Michael Cargregg has a chapter in it. Sharon Witt, uh, Melinda Tankard-Reist, uh, Colette Smart. So there's a lot of um, key... Um, parenting experts each have a chapter so both books are there um, to purchase but one is a chapter within a book and the other one the sex text itself is is solely is yours all yours yeah all mine very exciting
0: so you're heading around the all over the country yeah i know you are on hundreds of flights a year doing seminars and that what when you go to these seminars What's some of the strange things that people have come up and said to you or asked you about?
1: Uh, one of the ones recently, like, and this was at the start of COVID when I was you know, putting some stuff out online, is when I made the comment that, you know, when children are at school using the internet, they're using filtered internet. And then when they're at home, you need to make sure the internet's filtered. And I've, I've had people say to me, but what's filtered internet?
2: <sighs> uh,
1: okay. You know, and I'm wow. thinking. You know, so that's that, you know we've surely have come along that we know what that is. Um, I've had another parent say to me, "Oh no, my child doesn't go online at all. They just watch YouTube."
0: <laughs> well, because that's all right then, isn't it?
1: Because you know, they perceive YouTube as like television. It's like yeah. no, it's the internet. Um, there, there still is um, a lack of understanding. Um, most parents want to learn and they want to know. Um, but there are some that you know just won't get it and don't want to get it, and I think um, you know if you are a parent in the 21st century, you know what, what's a parent's main job—to to keep their kids safe. And your yes. children are going to be online, so you need to be online in, and know how to keep them safe in the digital space. It's not negotiable. No, but it really is not negotiable, and. You know, one of the things that I do and I, I take multiple calls and emails and messages every week with parents that have a problem and can you help me? And I'll always help them. It's not a problem. There's no charge for that. But, you know, I often sit back and think, my God, you know, you've brought this problem on yourself. You know, if, if this hadn't have happened, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. And, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I still think there's still uh, far too much um, trust in, in young people, you know, oh, I trust my child. My child would know this. Yep. They wouldn't do this. You know, you know, we all want to trust our kids, but you know, good kids can make poor choices. Yes. Don't ever forget that. Um, and if there's something that you could have done that you didn't do, and your child gets harmed, you will never forgive yourself. You know, I'm always dealing with sobbing parents on the phone, and and I, I feel for them, but you know, it's th- this mess has happened, and they realize. That they really should have done
0: A when they did B, yeah, yeah. And I suppose say the no to your kids is
1: okay. It's the best yeah, word out
0: there, no. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not doing it. Um, no. I, I suppose the big thing at the moment is um, TikTok. Um, I'm not on TikTok. I don't. I'm not that I don't understand. I'm quite tech savvy, but I just it's not something that interests me. But um, I see a you lot of a your TikTok-er? posts. And I'm not a TikToker. Uh, an Instagram or on a Twitter or a tweet or I don't know, whatever that is. Um, But I see a lot of your posts and that around TikTok and teachers in schools using TikTok for lessons.
1: Pick me up off the floor, yes. Uh, You know, there'll be something new in the next, you know, 18 months and, and that's what we'll be rabbiting on about. But, you know, TikTok is a dangerous app and it has always been a dangerous app. And when I do my parent sessions, I put up some TikTok facts and I pluck up news articles about TikTok. If you Google TikTok predator problems, there was, at last count, over 980,000 articles about the predator problems on TikTok. Um, It received the biggest fine in US history last year for gathering data on children and selling it. It paid the fine and kept doing it. So there's two issues of TikTok. There is the links to the Chinese Communist Party, the national security concerns, the data gathering, the data mining, the selling of data, the selling of the content that your kids put there, et cetera, et cetera. And then there is the predators. Predators love TikTok because it's full of cute little kids dancing. Um, The content, you know, it does my head in. uh, TikTok at the moment have been hammering the media in Australia. Yeah, I've seen um, that. With ads. Full-page ads, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars 70000 a day, every day for a week. Ads all over the radio, you know, six times on Neil Mitchell, six times on Tom Elliott, you know, peak radio uh, listeners. And, you know, the CEO in Australia comes out and says, you know, we're TikTok, we're, we're safe and we're fun. You know, that is, China, that is propaganda 101. You know, you might have fun on TikTok and you might laugh at something you saw, but it is fast and safe. You know, no platform worth their salt would ever come out and say their platform is safe because it's not. So what is the latest uh, challenge on TikTok? And this is when you read the T's and C's, you know, we're fun, we're this, you know, we don't do that, we don't do this. Yes, they do because the latest fad on TikTok is to do a um, FaceTime call with a kid, so you're talking to someone that you know, and all of a sudden you substitute your face the face of someone that has been born unfortunately with a facial deformity and you then capture their reaction and you post that what and that is all over tiktok now you know so this is the thing the content that your child is going to be exposed to is so disgusting that you know you don't even want them there they shouldn't be there and until people pack up shop and move off the platform, they will never change because there's no incentive to change.
0: Yeah. That's right. What
1: the incentive. People are still using it, so why should I bother?
0: Yeah, I think, was it India that banned TikTok?
1: Th- India has. Uh, Donald Trump has. Uh, Britain and Australia were both talking about it. You talk to um, high up military people in Australia, and if, if you are in the Australian and the US military, you're bad from having a TikTok account because mm. of national security concerns. Yeah. So you know it, it's not just people rabbiting on about it. It, it is a concern.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I suppose, and teachers, if they're using it with kids, like, do the have the parents given permission to the kids no, to be on it no, or? So this,
1: this gets me and you know to, to the parents listening and to the teachers I don't care what what type of school your child is in in order for a school to use a platform in education a thorough privacy and risk assess- assessment has to have been completed first that looks at the privacy and the risk the data gathering the sharing etc etc then if it passes that the parent has to be asked for informed consent uh, dear parent, can you please give consent for the fact that we're going to use this app? Uh, this is the educational merit of it. Here's the the data collection policy, um, yes or no. So if you look at the education department, they've got a series of platforms that they've already done that. They've already been better than verified. So those ones, fine. But th- throughout COVID and remote learning, I am forever dealing with teachers that have decided that, they won't use, or in addition to using the verified platform from the department or Catholic Ed or independent schools, they want to be cool and hip and set a ed lesson on TikTok. You know, TikTok would not pass any risk assessment that anyone did anywhere in the world. Full stop. Um, you're legally not allowed to do that. And then parents say to me, "Oh, but I just assumed that the school had my child's best interests at heart." Mm. You know, to parents listening, if Um, your child says, I need to download this app or this platform or my teacher said this, it's no, you know, unless, of course, they have given all of you that information. Uh, This week I'm dealing with a girls' school that asked all the kids to come on to the Zoom lessons in their pyjamas. What? If you you hashtag, you know, pyjama girl, you know, you can imagine what you're going to find. And it's, it's really dangerous. But again, school's trying to be cool and exciting and interesting, and I know it's tough. But online child safety is part of your duty of care to your students, which you still have regardless of whether the child is, you know, at school or learning at home. And I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, that, that just beggars belief. It really does.
1: You know, and, and it, it's, you know, I was watching um, – One teacher that talked about this great platform that she was going to use and when I sort of challenged that, you know, had she done the risk assessment and had she got consent and did she know this, she goes, oh, I wouldn't have used it if I'd known. Well, you're meant to know. That's your job. And this is the thing. Individual teachers should not be um, deciding on individual apps and platforms to be used. Unless they've done that thorough risk assessment. And interestingly, I put a post up uh, yesterday, I think, the Office of the Victorian um, Information Commissioner just did a review of apps and platforms in schools and concluded a lot of them were unsafe and the data gathering was a concern and parents weren't informed. So when push comes to shove and someone sues someone, um, the I didn't know, I didn't understand is not going to uh, to win the case for you. No you'd be forking out a whole lot of money.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, and if if, this, if the teacher's doing it without the school's knowledge, it doesn't really matter, does not The school's still going to be liable because they're an employee of the school.
1: The school and the teacher will be yeah. liable as a breach of duty of care. And um, now this is what I, I don't understand. You know, I've had teachers go, oh, th- these are two of my favourite replies to you can't do it. Oh, but if I set the, the session on TikTok – and the parent allows the child to do it. That's their problem. Oh. Uh, no, it's not. Or oh, I sent the video out as a YouTube link. If something dodgy comes up when they click it, it's not my concern. Yes, it is. <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't get how you don't know this. This is what bothers me.
0: Do um? How do
1: you not know this?
0: Yeah, when you um in your um presentations that have you done any to teachers uh, going through uni about it um,
1: i've done i've done a couple of pre-service things um but again it's not a lot and it's, it it appears to be not covered to that that same degree as it should be mm. um and i think a lot of it relies on when the new teacher gets to the school there's some sort of you know policy and practice and procedure that they've got to go through but again that only works if it happens Um, and it clearly doesn't always happen. Um, But, yeah, it it, it just uh, is amazing. Professional conduct is not really taught professional boundaries to the Mm. degree that I think it should be because you've got lots of young teachers that have grown up with technology
2: um,
1: and don't really understand, like, the amount of teachers that post to their Instagram pages pictures of their class and pictures of Mm. their class activities. And, you know, so you, you can't do that. You have no legal right to put a photograph of one of your students on your teacher Instagram page, even if you put had, had put an emoji over their face because you you don't have consent to do that.
0: Uh, just uh, I'm just sitting here just going, <laughs> what the hell are they doing? Yeah, and I
1: get that it's tough and I know that there is not a teacher, you know, there, there's obviously a, a couple, but yeah. 99.9% of teachers have no ill intent. No. Uh, they don't. No. I understand that. But again, ignorance, And lack of knowledge is not an excuse. Um, And technology is used extensively at the moment, especially in Victoria. Mm. Um, It's the only way that young people are learning. You have to be on top of this. Err on the side of caution. You know, don't download an app and use it unless it has been verified by your department or your principal and all those things I've mentioned have have been done because if they haven't been done and something goes wrong, you are going to wear it.
0: Yeah, and big time too.
1: Um, yeah. You know. And you know, one of the things that I've been doing, and again, it's amazing where your business takes you. I had a um, law firm about four, three years ago, reach out and say, oh, we're, uh, we're um, being uh, uh, engaged by a school A mm-hmm. that are dealing with this issue. Yes. And uh, we need an expert opinion on um, how they've dealt with it. It was a cyber issue and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I did a whole review of policy and process and procedure and provided a legal report. Well, when you do one of those, well, the floodgates open. (laughs) So I've been uh, doing multiple, you know, quite a few a year where a parent might have um, a serious concern about a school. It might not be quite to the point of suing them, but they're considering legal options. Um, They will come to me and say, or the law firm will. Yeah. Can you provide an expert opinion on this? Now, I can tell you now. If I was dealing with a teacher that had set a kid up on TikTok, or a teacher that um, had not done everything they should have done, you know, my report would say, "Well, this is best practice. This is what um, the duty of care is. This is what was meant to happen. It didn't happen." Uh, I, it, it case closed. Yeah. Uh, you know. So this is what you know. People might think that I'm I'm blunt and you know all of that, but. I don't want you to feature ever in one of my presentations because if you are featuring in my presentation, it's normally because I'm using you as, of an, as an example of what not to do. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want I want to protect you and I want to educate you and make you understand. Um, and then ultimately, if you understand, then children are going to be safer.
0: Yeah. It's um. It, yeah. Look. It, I'm just sitting here just going, wow, there's so much to learn and I'm sort of glad, you know, my kids are the same age as yours so they're sort of all done school but now with their kids, I mean, they're only young but I I look at, you know, my grandkids um, or the oldest, you know, um, uh, Zach and Xavi and they're sort of going to be going to school soon so I'm going to be making sure and Jess will anyway but, you know, just making sure, listen, this is what happened. This is what needs to happen. Um no,
1: I, I I, sit here and tear my hair out um with uh with my grandson. I look at him and go, It's not a hope in hell you're doing anything. <laughs> um and you know, and when I explain what I'm dealing with, you know, and my kids have always been the same. You I mean yeah. you know, I can remember, you know, when I first started this and even towards the end of my police career I'd come home and I'd go, Oh my god, this is what I dealt with today and my kids would go, My God, are people so dumb? Yeah. Because a lot of it is not even it's just a dumb decision. Like you know, it, it doesn't even make sense that someone would think to do this. So that that's, you know, what I think I think, well, hopefully, you know, they're they're relatively sensible. Um, they're not gonna be making these poor choices. But the problem is you can do everything right at home and you can protect your kids at home and that they, they don't stray. But then they go to a friend's house where, you know, the parent is all wishy washy and doesn't have a clue and that's where the damage happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, so apart from schools, you go to, you go to businesses and um,
1: yeah, I do I do all different sorts of things. Sporting so clubs, schools. Yep, I work with AFL clubs, AFLW teams. I work. I've educated all the AFL umpires. Um, I've worked with the Test team, the state cricketers, the male, female, and junior teams. I've spoken to newly contracted Australian cricketers. I work with grassroots grassroots grassroot sporting clubs. Um, I've written policy. So AFL countries, their cyber safety policy, I authored that. I authored the policy for netball and also the West Australian Sport Federation. And then I do a lot of corporate stuff. So I do um, usually lunchtime sessions for uh, law firms. And I recently did Goldman Sachs, um, the Australian Computer Society. So trying to educate their, their staff that are parents to help them out. So do a lot of corporate work. Um, as well as not-for-profits, foster carers, I'm doing a presentation um, coming up for municipal councillors looking oh, at yeah. how to best manage their online uh, presence with the uh, council elections that are coming up.
0: Are they coming up? Oh, see, I don't take much notice well, of politics. Well, they are
1: coming up, but then there's um, debate about whether they will come up or they'll get postponed, but they are coming up.
0: Oh, okay. I'll have to keep an eye out for that one and vote for someone I don't know. Um yeah. Pretty much. That's how council elections work. So with all that sort of stuff, it obviously keeps you fairly busy. Not post pre-COVID. Obviously, you were Mm -hmm. racing around the the country and around the world. What's the biggest biggest joy you've got out of of doing your work? Or one of them, Uh, one of the biggest joys.
1: uh, That I'm making a difference, that I am helping young people not to get into trouble. And then if a parent has, reached out with an issue, uh, we've got the best conclusion possible. Uh, One of the things that I do routinely is make sure or help parents get police to take matters on and take these matters seriously, which sadly they don't always. So being able to get a police investigation launched when you know that a a crime has been committed against a child is very satisfying. Um, But just the fact that um, so many young people now will hopefully be making better decisions because they've sat through one of my presentations. And I did. Um, I had a, jour- a journalism student um, email me earlier this year and uh, could she- I had some questions for an assignment, which I will always do. And when I was talking to her on the phone, she said, you came to my school when I was in year 11. I've never forgotten. Um, you scared me, but in a good way. Yeah. And I went home and I fixed my account and I've never had any problems. Well, I mean, that's a win.
2: That, absolutely, yeah. the win
1: yeah. Won the win um, but I know that there's more so, there's lots more um, it, it's you know for me it's educate to prevent um, sadly police can't arrest predators on suspicion that sometime in the future they may commit a crime they have to wait till the crime's been completed so mm. if that's happened then a child's been harmed so for me we educate to prevent and that way that will reduce offending because the kids won't be out there becoming victims
0: yeah wow um there's so much. There's so much that people need to know and, and, and to be aware of. And, look, they can go to your au website. As you said, there's fact sheets there that people can get for free. Yeah, uh, and
1: there's also um, – so during the first COVID lockdown, in partnership with Facebook Australia, I produced 10 videos and five Facebook Live events um, on all different topics. So the videos are on my uh, on my Facebook page and on my website – on my website, there's a voice to text translation as well. I know it is not grammatically correct. I know <laughs>
0: that, but that. Does that annoy program. you, Susan? Does that annoy you? It's not grammatically well, correct. It,
1: it does, but you know, it was just there to help people, so it's there.
2: Yeah. On
1: my Facebook page are the videos plus the live events. They're recorded there, so they're there as a resource. They're all free, um, and you know, you can either watch them end to end. They're there as a playlist. Or well, you can go in and choose a topic of interest.
2: Oh, it and, and it will
1: give you the up-to-date information on, you know, the stuff we've talked about today and all the other issues around online safety and young people.
0: Uh, absolutely fantastic. It is absolute joy to talk to you uh, in a professional sense instead of uh, just having a chat normally as sense, we do yeah. in a social sense. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, I really appreciate it coming on the uh on the podcast with we will do more of these we'll um we'll have some uh we'll set up some topics and uh, it might be topic of the week or topic of the month or something and we'd, i'd love you to come back on uh, and talk yeah, about it and,
1: absolutely and if the listeners have got particular things they want covered or questions you know i'm sure they can shoot them through to you and then we can make sure we address them
0: yep no that'll be fantastic and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, I shall. Hopefully, there's I'm a zooming
1: of, this afternoon you, again. So, zooming? Uh, get ready for that. I'm zooming oh, this afternoon. Excellent. Zooming or teaming um, are the two things I tend to do. But anyway,
0: yeah, no, look, I was on a Microsoft Teams meeting the other day. Actually, it's quite good. I hadn't been on that before, yeah. so yeah,
1: uh, no, I, I learned that a couple of weeks ago. So I've got a few of those coming up. But um, yeah, the um, the zoom, I'm pretty okay awesome. I mean, with. That that works pretty well.
0: I wish I'd have bought shares in that about 12 months ago, I tell you. Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's exactly
0: right.
1: Hindsight, hindsight's (laughs) a wonderful thing.
0: It is. Susan McLean, thank you so much for for coming on the show today and um, we look forward to, uh, to hearing more from you.
1: Thanks very much, Brett.